Okay, so um, today I'm just going to talk pretty briefly about uh, why East McKeesport chose to uh, look at vacant properties and uh, then how I got involved and the data collection and the database that we kind of put together. And I think this will kind of address that question there at the end of maybe an intermediary between uh, the, the major data collectors and then how the community can use it. Um, and then I'll talk about how we use just that preliminary data to get more uh, information about the neighborhood. And we did that at a local level and kind of empowered people in the community to do that. And then uh, how we collaborated with others to create a plan for using the data, um, as well as uh, how to collect more in the future. And then uh, I'll talk a little bit about the future steps, how, what they're going to do with it, and what they're doing now. And then I'll offer some lessons that I've learned just uh, through the process. Uh, something I want you to keep in mind um, through this presentation is that this is work that um, I was planned before I got there, but was completed in one summer's uh, length of time you know, by a master's intern. So this is something I think that is replicable for a lot of smaller communities. Okay, so a little bit about East McKeesport for those of you uh, who don't, aren't familiar with the area. It's kind of in the Mon Valley and it's a small community uh, with only 2,100 people. And so this is probably the size of most, uh, probably smaller than most of Pittsburgh's neighborhoods. And then uh, at first, the borough of East McKeesport was getting data off the county website. They noticed they had some problem with vacancies that they'd never had before. And they were just taking pictures of properties and like writing notes down and they had this like physical file of some vacants. And then they realized that this was like a growing problem that they needed to keep track of and they really had no way of doing that. So that's kind of where I came into the picture. Um, the LGA uh, sponsored my internship and then I joined East McKeesport for the summer. And we kind of, they already had a database and then we, we revamped it to work for them. So like I said, we started with this access database and it was based on a uh, lot and block number and it had most of the properties of the borough of it, although it, it, didn't, it wasn't complete. And then last year at this time, I was sitting in this conference and realized that there was all this PNCIS data that I could actually use that was already there and I didn't have to type in every single property uh, in the county website. So I was able to gather from PNCIS the foreclosure related and um, the owner, owner mailing address, which is what we were looking for because we were specifically targeting uh, vacant properties. And then from there, we used some other expertise that we already had in the office. So for instance, we had sent out a recent mailing and then we received a bunch of mailings back so we knew those owners didn't live there anymore or we needed to check into that. Um, as what, uh, also, we had police officers that were doing calls and knew that certain houses were vacant. Um, we had a code official that was always going around and knew that other houses were vacant or were a problem. Um, and then we had these longtime residents, and, and as I was walking the neighborhood all the time at my lunch, I would just have people come out and be like, oh, so-and-so hasn't lived there for five years. We've been keeping up with it. So all this data was kind of coming together. So we had kind of institutional sources as well as that community-level sources, and we needed a way to put it together. So that's why we created this database. Um, it's really simple. Like I said, it was just for a summer. Um, that we needed to put it together, so we just used access so that they would be able to edit it in the future. And it was based on lot and block. You could see some of the things that we put in. Um, and then we, you know, we had a place for a picture, the basic info that you would need. And then the, the best part was down here at the bottom, we, we gave uh, the officials in East McKeesport a place to put comments. 
so that if they went somewhere or they issued a violation, uh, they didn't have an actual electronic system to keep track of violations, which most places do. But this just enabled them to kind of all put in comments and, hey, I checked this house, this, you know, an elderly person has passed away and I talked to their family and they want to do this with it. So this was like a place to put those types of comments that you didn't know where else to put. And then the whole rest of the staff could see it because it's all in one place. Uh, so then from that, I uh, created some maps. Now, the first one is something that I got right off of PNCS website, and it was foreclosure-related. So these were ones I specifically tagged that we needed to look at uh, to make sure that they were um, vacant or what else was happening with them. Uh, and then the other one was uh, something that I actually made from data I collected, uh, just had an Excel sheet and then put it into a GIS map myself. And uh, these kind of just show you a little bit about the neighborhood. And they helped uh, the community members and the decision makers to kind of visualize what was happening in their community. So um, here I'll say that actually the results confirmed some of council's concerns. So you can see this map is actually the vacancies uh, that we have. And I kind of split it into rental and single property, and, and single family rather. And the reason I did that was because there was this mindset in the community that it was th the problem was rentals, that this was like a rental property problem. And, and as you can see, uh, the map, it, it's both, really. And so the number that we came, with, came up with were that there was 91 total vacant properties in this small neighborhood. Definitely too much to keep track on on like a piece of paper. And that, was, that represented 8% of their total properties. Um, 10 of these were in some stage of the foreclosure process. So while the neighborhood, while the community thought that it was all a problem about foreclosures, I mean, obviously you're hearing, communities are hearing a lot of news about, oh, this is a foreclosure problem, and, and it definitely was a problem, but it was only 10 out of the 91. So there was other stuff happening in the community as well. And then there was really no pattern. As you can see in this map, vacancies occur on every, every street. So it wasn't like a targeted spot in the neighborhood that they could focus uh, their attention on. This was everybody's street. And then, again, like I said, it, it was single and family, multifamily houses. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't you know, just rental properties. So then we decided that we probably couldn't wait for the code official to have time to go visit 91 properties and tell us what was wrong with all of them. So we decided to kind of organize a community-led uh, survey and where we would walk around to properties just to look at the, just to stand there and look at the structure and just say, is this in decent shape, you know, from what we could see. So we kind of wrote up a, uh, a survey for people to use. And then from our data that we had, I was able to create these like small maps for people to kind of just walk a little block. And so they could walk that little block and they could, you know, check, they had a checkboard and they could say, you know, what is this property? And we developed a ranking system so they would rank A through F. Now I'll say this picture was us kind of checking out some properties. I'm not sure it's legal to go on other people's properties, so my official opinion is to stand back from the street and look. Um, but we wanted to see what the porch, there were a lot of problems with porches falling in the back, so we tried as much as we could to see what the property was like. And, and then as you see, we, uh, most of the properties were actually pretty decent. And DNF properties are the ones that uh, we felt like the ones that need to be demolished and, and are really structurally hazardous. And so most of the properties in East McKeesport weren't that way. And so the problem was that now we need to catch these properties. We already know they exist. We need to do something before they need to be demolished because, as you can see, everybody who knows this uh, problem in their own communities know that C properties in 10 years are going to need to be demolished if they're still there. 
Okay, so then um, uh, one important part of working with data is throughout the process, um, you need to engage the people who are going to make decisions using it and who are going to use it on a daily basis. So um, I you know, sat down with council members and explained the data or what data they wanted to see. And it was a back and forth, forth process so that they knew what I could gather and I, I kind of knew what they needed. Uh, we also tried to engage the residents by um, sending out a survey that went with this. So we had some kind of opinions when we got back some data, like what did they want to see happen with vacant properties. And then uh, because we were adding maybe a potential burden to the building code inspector, we tried to work with him to improve his systems so that maybe he could free up some time to work on some vacant property stuff. And then there's other people in the community that we worked with. Uh, East McKeesport has their own tax collector, public work service, and then emergency services that were contracted out. And they all wanted to use this data and they wanted to know who, what vacant properties were there. And they also had data to contribute for us. So we worked with all of those people um, as well. Okay, so now for the kind of the difficult part of, of gathering data is, is using it and knowing what to do with it. So this kind of involved, uh, we tried to develop this while we were gathering the data. Again, what are we going to do with it when it tells us X? What then? So as we were working this summer, we tried to create a little bit of a plan for what they would do uh, what for the rest of the year, for the next five years, and while I was gone. Um, so it, this was kind of a combination of local and regional strategies. So locally, they tried to engage a real estate attorney to look at properties that had, um, where the ownership was unclear. For instance, uh, and you guys probably know this in your own communities, uh, it might have been a foreclosure, but the the uh, title was still like officially in the previous owner's name, but then the, when you call the previous owner, they say, oh, that house was foreclosed, I had to move out, and the bank, you, you can't contact them, you can't get them. So we hired a real estate attorney to kind of deal with some of those issues. Um, demolition was part of the local solution for those D and F properties, although again, we tried to make sure that the vast majority of the C, B, and A properties were getting a different um, solution so that they wouldn't be demolished in the future. And we did have, uh, we tried to encourage rehabilitation of some houses, so we were working uh, with two owners on rehabbing. And then the third is more of a regional uh, solution, which is that East McKeesport is participating in a TRICOG initiative um, on Blight to look at this at a bigger level. So I just want to share a, a couple of these lessons that I learned just from a summer of doing this, is that... Um, when you're gathering data, you know, especially if you're a small community with not a lot of resources, you can't wait for the perfect solution or the perfect system that has like every single thing that you need uh, because it'll probably never come along. So we did something that, yeah, it didn't solve every single problem in the office, uh, but we still did it anyways and it solved a lot of the problems. And uh, if you don't have a lot of uh, capacity, you should combine resources. So we used uh, institutional sources like PNCIS for large sets of data but we also combined it with community level information. So we were able to you know, adjust and edit that data by local residents or a police officer who knows you know, maybe something that happened yesterday that PNCS doesn't know yet. And then uh, following that, you should log your process. I, I didn't do this at first and then I forgot where I got it, certain information. It was like, well, so I think someone told me that but I don't remember why I changed it. So it's always good to say, here's when I updated the data, here's when I downloaded this, 
uh, here's who told me this. And, and this will also help, again, when if you're not there anymore or somebody who's working on it is no longer there, someone else can pick up and, and move on and know what they did. And then uh, in using the data, um, there were benefits that we didn't even realize in data consolidation. So right after I left, um, actually East McKeesport has since gone through three different code officials. And if we hadn't created a database, all of that information that the code official was working on would have been lost because they were just keeping hard copy records and leaving notes and files in their own uh, language, basically. So now everyone on staff knows where all the information is while they're uh, engaging new code officials. And the other thing is, like I said before, work with your stakeholders d while you're gathering um, data to create an implementation plan of how to use it so that when they get something, they know immediately what to do with it. And it also makes it more realistic for you to talk to them about what type of data they might receive so that they don't think it's above and beyond in some sort of you know, silver bullet. Um, you, you, they know what's going to come back, and they, they have a couple things that they might be able to do with it. And, and this, like I said, is a, is a conversation that you need to have with people back and forth during the gathering stage so that the implementation stage is easier. So I think that's it for me. So thanks so much, Josh.